Welcome to Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast with me, Jack, and me, Jacob. Hello, welcome to Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast with me, Jacob Stolworthy, and me, Jack Shepherds. We're here because we have watched Watchmen season one, episode eight, which could very well be the penultimate episode, not just of season one, but possibly the entire show, the entire bleeding show, which is just mind blowing to consider. Especially seeing how much it has to wrap up. I know. Saying that, I was really concerned, as uh, if anyone listened last week would know, we all kind of were very concerned about kind of how they were going to explain the big twist in last week's episode, that Carl is actually Dr. Manhattan, and wrap everything up. But this episode did a really good job of not only setting up the finale, which we are hoping will be feature length, but doing it in a way that peppered in lots of explanation. Yeah, there was a lot of explanation, especially in an episode that was so jumbled in its storytelling. It right. kind of went all over the place and playing with timelines and even introducing, you know, a new mechanic, which you correctly oh, kind yeah. of guessed at with the time wimey type stuff. Am I right in thinking you and Campbell shut me down? Yeah, me and Campbell, we, we completely shut you down the moment you mentioned anything. Rightly so, to do deserved, with deserved, because who knew it was going there? You know why you knew? Because you're such a, a Lindelof stan. You knew where his mind was going before even he did. Okay, so just throwing it out there right now, and I don't want to delve into spoiler territory for Lost, because as for those who don't know, we are the Lost Boys because we do a Lost podcast where Jack's watching it for the first time. And you're loving it, aren't you, Jack? Um, and I've seen it many, many times. But the whole kind of I am love story it. out of time <laughs> thing is a very tame and Lindelof. It's a theme that he just adores. Um, and we have spoken before, and you don't really notice about Lost yet because we have only just started season four. But without Dr. Manhattan, there would be no Desmond in Lost. We, we have known that. And God, you could, there is an episode of Lost that could be a companion to this episode. Ah, oh, amazing. So I, it was amazing to watch because it's like, before this, there really hasn't really been a link to Lost. It's been more the leftovers, I'd say. Yes. And while in leftovers, you have that kind of like love story separated by time eventually. Let's not go into spoilers there. But this is the first kind of direct link. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Lost. This is very, <laughs> very Losty. So um, there is a whole like chicken and egg situation. Yeah, I mean, there, loopy there have been eggs aspect. throughout the show a lot. <laughs> yeah. We've seen a lot of eggs. And we were, we've been wondering for a while, like, what is going on with the eggs? Yeah. You know, there was Angela cracking the eggs in the very first episode. Mm. There was the two lovers with their egg farm. Yeah, in episode, episode four. four. Yeah. You know, there's been loads of weird little things. And now it was like the moment she said that, I was like, how how did no one say chicken in the egg in this yeah. podcast? <laughs> and how is that now an actual thing in this? It's just crazy. Absolute crazy, I yeah. Mean, I didn't see where this was going. To be fair, I'm not sure you quite oh, saw where it was going. No idea. I mean, last week I was incorrect in what I said. I was saying is the memories of Will Reeves bleeding into young Angela's brain because of that happening in the future, of her taking making his pills in the future. So... I had, I had like, there was a breadcrumb there. There was, but if you do that the opposite way round, yeah, and what Angela says says affected Will Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got almost like the o- the opposite. Yeah, it's like true. with the two characters, it's very. It was, it was close. Yeah, like surprisingly so for something that seems so out there. There was one other thing that I was very proud of myself at kind of bringing into question actually, and that links to this. It was 
how did Will know that the KKK costume was in Judd's closet? Yeah. And here we obviously find out that it's because he found out through Dr. Manhattan via Angela 10 years earlier or yeah. nine years earlier, which is just insane. But that ties up that question so neatly. Yeah. And it's a question that maybe the more casual viewer wasn't really asking. They kind of just didn't really think about it deep enough. Yeah. But now when you watch it back, those people will be like, oh, wait, that's cool because she... But another great moment is when Angela just goes, shit, did I, did I cause all of this? Yeah, which is interesting because I was reading another interview with Damon and he was saying that every character has to, in some way, serve Angela's story. Mm. And he mentioned explicitly in the interview, like, Adrian Vate as well. And this whole time it's been like, well, he has had nothing to do with Angela. It's been so absent from that story. And yet here, they're implicitly tied through Dr. Manhattan. He's kind of woven all the characters together with Angela. Yeah. And the fact that she knew about this the whole time mm. as well still makes it crazy to, if we go back and watch the show and knowing now what she's known this whole time. How just embedded in the whole thing she is. Yeah. Because she is, she's the root and cause of all of this. Yeah. And even the master plan that Will Reeves has set about with Lady True is all Angela's fault. Yeah. And she has no idea when <laughs> she's there as well. It's just... It is crazy. And it does a great job of just making you want to just consume it all again, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Camberley mentioned last week about this being a late contender for shows of the decade. Mm. I'm making a list of shows of the decade for the publication I work for and it's it's in there. That's I've made great sure it's to in hear. there. <laughs> what number can we see it at? It's gonna it's low down. Right. Because only a couple of people have seen it. And so it didn't get voted high. It was more of an executive decision. Fair play, fair play. I get I get it because it is late and they have that thing where people accuse you of just throwing it in there because it's like you know, right now and it's it's yeah. a zeitgeisty thing. But this I think bucks a trend because it's genuinely terrific i think it's great i think it's some of the best tv writing and i think every week i'm surprised that just every week it feels like the next episode's better than the last one yeah it really does i'd say for me the only episode that didn't seem better was the one we actually watched together number four yeah that was more not that it was worse it was like on the same kind of level and then it just got better and better but i was i was having this chat the other day and i always whenever i praise something that damon Lindelof writes it it's easy to write it off as just me kind of fan, <laughs> fanboying over him. But he is just a master of the puzzle piece storytelling. Yeah. And when you get all the playing pieces, you you just think it must have been impossible to kind of weave this into a cohesive story in your brain before mm. you sat down to write this because he must have had it all worked out yeah with his co-writers obviously i don't just want to give um, damon full credit because he's had a team of writers with him but to be fair he did say that one of the first ideas he had was with dr manhattan being with angela like that was one of the core ideas that came right. very early on mm. i think he said in an interview with collider or somewhere or maybe hollywood reporter one of those american publications and it was like yeah of course that idea is just so insane but there's no way you would have been able to come up with all the the narrative beats that we've seen without having that there and mm. knowing that the entire time mm. but it is it's hard because even with the leftovers people often give up after three or four episodes because they just don't get it mm. with Watchmen, it was the same like the first i we both really loved the first episode we did and yeah. the second one but i can understand people 
who gave up as well and were like, what is this show? But it was all such playing the pieces to build up to this incredible, what will hopefully be an incredible finale. Mm -hmm. But you almost need to give all of Damon's shows just time to get there. Absolutely. Apart from maybe Lost, which did start with J.J. Abrams' big bombastic pilot. Yeah. If anything, that worked the opposite way around. Yeah, exactly. You you could argue it it kind of alienated people after a while because it's like, (laughs) oh, we're going here. Okay. But certainly I have a colleague who's just like The Leftovers and she loved the first few episodes and then she was eight. She's eight and she's like, this is not the show I thought it was going to be and I'm not really sure if I want to continue. And, you know, it's funny when people say it to me because I thought the first season of Leftovers was just terrific from the get-go. I'm aware it's not as good as the later seasons, you know, if you're going there. But you either... His storytelling isn't for everyone. And what I like is if people hold their hands up, it's not for me, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, people who are listening here hopefully also think it's great. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening along. That's so true. So let's get into the, let's episode, get into the episode of Watchmen. I also want to say one other thing about that, that I think they've absolutely nailed pulling off involving Angela's character. Oh, go on then. Is, you know how she's almost like played dumb the whole time because she's known that Dr. Manhattan's at home and he's obviously protecting his identity or whatnot. Yeah. But there have been moments where she, like she even says to her grandfather, he's on Mars. Like, what the heck? Like, she says it. And looking back, it could be kind of construed that all of that was like, why would she say all that if, like, she knew? Or what would she just not say anything? And it, is it, you know, is it good writing? But what they, they've said, what they've made very apparent throughout is this is part of Angela's character. She plays her cards so close to her chest with every single other character, right down to last week when she lied about the vision she was having. She's riding a pony, but she's actually witnessing her parents die in a suicide bombing. Just loads and loads of little things. Even with Dr. Manhattan in this episode, when they're talking in the bar. Yeah. She just plays it so close. It's part of her character. She's played us the whole time. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things to look back on is also the relationship between her and Laurie. Mm. Because obviously Laurie is Dr. Manhattan's ex. And she... She knows that there's no way that Angela doesn't know all about that story because, you know, it's been in the press everywhere. But there was a time when you think back to that car ride when PT explains Laurie's background Mm. to Angela. And it's like Angela knew that for sure. She knew that like we might have pretend said at the time, like, oh, maybe she just doesn't care about superheroes and stuff. But she's so intrinsically linked to Dr. Manhattan. There's no way she didn't know that. But also her not wanting to be wi- around Laurie. Yeah. They're kind of, the tension between them makes so much more sense. Now oh my it is God. Like, it's like, oh, my boyfriend's ex, my husband's ex has just come into my life and now yeah. wants to be part of it. Like, Sorry, I'm just having a flashback to when I spoke to Regina and she made such a big deal over the coffee cup moment. Yeah. And, and I said, I remember saying to you, she was really weird over a question I asked about the coffee cup scene. And she was like going, oh, I can't, oh, like, you know, hesitating. She's like, I just can't tell you. I just yeah. She could never go into like what my was going god, on in obviously, her head. because oh god, because that's her her husband's yeah. ex. God, back then we knew so little. <laughs> <laughs> All those six weeks ago, yeah, mental, isn't it? Yeah, she must have thought, God, this boy is dancing dangerously close to something big here. Let's just abort, abort, abort. Yeah, so she many. did the right thing, pressing abort there. Because there's no way you could talk about the what was going through her head in that scene yeah. without dropping something that could have been huge 
Annoying that she didn't, because then we would have the scoop, but... <laughs> I imagine. I would have been angry with her, because I said I want to know. She went, you don't trust me. She, oh my God, I'm sorry, my mind is blown. <laughs> this is an insight to what it's like watching something like this with me. I'm just losing it a little bit. Right, let's talk about episode eight, which is called A God Walks Into A Bar. <laughs> Good pun. Good pun. Play on, obviously, Angela's name, Angela Abar. So, Dr. Manhattan goes to Saigon. He returns to Saigon. And it's many years after he obliterated lots of innocent people, innocent people taking part in the war decades before uh, in Vietnam. And Angela is in a bar and he walks in and the bar is called Eddie's Bar, which does that ring any bells to you? Could potentially be a reference to the comedian who was also called Eddie and who, oh, ha- yeah. who had a fight with someone in a bar in Vietnam. Well, he meets Doc's Manhattan in a bar in Vietnam. Whoa, so this could be... So this could be named after him, I guess. And D. Manhattan's returning to a bar he's been before. Yeah, potentially. That's interesting. It, it doesn't seem like it would be with Eddie for no reason. No. Interesting. So he walks into the bar and Andrew is sat there just having a cheeky little beer on her own. On her own? On her own, why not? Have you done that? Soul, soul beer? Solo beer? Not, no, not for a long time. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've been to a pub and bought a beer. No, I don't think I have. Usually if you go on like little little press trips or something and you're kind of forced to just be on your own. Yeah. That's when you have them. Anyway, it's it's the anniversary of her parents' death, which we saw last week, um, which obviously means it's her birthday as well. Ah, she's just quite lonely, isn't she, Angela? Which it comes back to in a lovely speech later on. She's having a bad time. She's having a bad time. And yeah, he approaches her and what ensues is just an intensely confusing complex beautiful and outrageously flirty conversation yeah it's it's pretty mad it's just go. like jeff jensen who co-wrote this episode of damon Lindelof. they deserve awards for this episode <laughs> i think <laughs> do you agree yeah completely i think it's done so well and it's such a clever way of telling the rest of the story and giving away, explaining things before the finale. So we have questions that are answered. There are still questions unanswered, but I have, you know, at the end of last episode, we were like, how are they going to answer all this? And it feels like actually, yeah, they probably could now. Yeah. Because they answer so many little things like how Will Reeves found Judd's KKK outfit, everything like that. And it and it's done in a really fun way because you have the man other Manhattans in the bar as well, which is <laughs> yeah. just like intrinsically funny. So they every, so they just think Doctor Manhattan is just another guy painting himself blue. Yeah, they just think he's another blue man. So this is the 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 is it VV? Is it, I mean, assuming it's like Victory for Vietnam Day. Yes. Or whatever. So everyone's just out in their full Doctor Manhattan gear, and he sits down. And she thinks he's just another creep, and he does his classic Doctor Manhattan thing that he does in the comics, which is. He's just, it's very existential where he's just, I don't even know how to explain it, where he's like, yeah, I'm having this chat with you now, but I'm also a child doing this. And I'm also here, you know, there is no time. It is all just like one long thing. Yeah. It's all about that past, present and future all at once. Yes. Which obviously confuses Angela, but it's really fun seeing a character like him thrust together with someone like Angela. And last week I was worried, silently worried, about how they were going to make their romance, let's say, seem real yeah and legit and within moments i'm like i can completely see why like (laughs) the chat is sizzling (laughs) it's sizzling isn't it 
I mean, she... You never see his face as well, which I love. We don't see his face. That's done in a really clever way because first he's got the mask on mm. and then even when he takes it off, they just use clever camera angles to kind of keep you away. Because I was slightly worried about how they were going to cast someone else as him as mm. well, especially because originally, you know, John's a white man and then you've got Cal who's not a white man. Yeah. Like how would they kind of go about navigating that scenario and they do it in a really good way yeah without having to kind of make any you know this is exactly how it is we've got justin through or something like yeah that. yeah, yeah. which was a rumor wasn't it for a yeah time. yeah you know they've just got cal being a bit well when he when he does finally turn blue he looks a bit squiffy doesn't he yeah but yeah, yeah, when yeah we kind of see him later his face is a bit chubbier than normal yeah and stuff. yeah he looks different he does yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's, it's good. I think I love the bar scene. I think everything, when they keep coming back to it as well, and Angela's so, she's, you <laughs> could tell she's into it, but she also wants to be so not, I don't know, she's so aloof. Yeah. It's so good. She's not a character that usually kind of gets swept up in this kind of bullshit. No. And we as a viewer, or we, let's say, Watchmen fans know that when Dr. Manhattan says, you're going to come for dinner with me tomorrow or you're going to ex- accept that you're going to come on dinner with me tomorrow, that she is going to do that. Mm. And there's so much fun watching the conversation unfurl, knowing that it's going to get to the stage if she ag- agrees to go for dinner. Yeah, I think this is the first time it's felt like we are treading over very similar territory in mm. some ways with the comics because you are having the same kind of conversation that he was having before. With Laurie. With Laurie. Yeah. And it's it's hard to kind of be like, wow, this is... Like, it's it's so well done. This could have been so bad. Mm. You know, it could In have less been... Ads, it would have been a disaster. It could have been a real disaster because it is treading over the same ground. It's like trying to... It's funny, in the review on our website, our reviewer said it's like kind of trying to scribble on the Mona Lisa. Like, even if it's amazing, you've still kind of scribbled on the Mona Lisa. And it is like... He's doing something with the original comics, which is different and weird. And even though it's amazing, he's still kind of playing with the original. But I don't know. It's kind of so warranted and so well done. Yeah. That you're just like, fuck it. Just like, just do it. And also because it's for a greater end mm. or just a different end, it feels like, I think it's going to be really interesting to look back on Watchmen as a whole mm. and as a companion piece to the comics, but also something that kind of enhances the comics as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, wow. That if you so that's Damon Lindelof. I'm sure he'd probably faint. I think it does, though. I think yeah. it 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 recontextualizes the comics in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know what they stand for with their comments on the Cold War and what all the characters are spoofing, mm. all that stuff. It still completely stands on its own. Mm-hmm. But by adding adding stuff like Hooded Justice being a black man who is basically superman and has to deal with all this you know his own krypton and stuff like that Mm. it does it in such a clever way there are a couple of things that maybe i have issue which we'll we'll get on to mainly with vape oh interesting but i think for dr manhattan it's just done so clever i mean you could argue that in the comics then he would have known that this was all going to come about as well so why didn't he mention any of this okay well that is that is the only kind of rabbit hole you can go down where your your mind is like, but wait, like he knows everything, mm. so some things could have been avoided. But then he would just say, "Well, no, it couldn't have been because it was always going to happen." Yes, yeah, fair, fair. He point. would be frustrating, wouldn't he? 
He would be really annoying. If he was down to pub with you and you'd your friend and he said things like that, you'd be like, literally shut. So when, <laughs> when Laurie in the comics is like, please don't tell me I'm going to walk out this door. And then he says it to Angela again in this, yeah. in this episode. And she's like, we're not fighting. He's like, no, we are, we, we are having a fight in 20 minutes. You will walk out. And the, 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 convers- the, the, the lead up to that then is so well written. Yeah. And because it's so organic. And then she's like, do I have to say it? Yeah. Yes, you do. Leave. <laughs> you know, and it's happened. And he yeah. said it was going to. It's just mind blowing. Um, the chat in the pub, a few things peppered in that we do learn, which I find quite interesting. Go on. Um, is his, when he's talking about Vietnam, she says that she hates Dr. Manhattan because he blasted uh, all the Viet Cong uh, with, his, with his eyes or whatever. Kill them all. And she hates him because then that led to revenge, which led to the death of her parents and suicide bombing. And he says he regrets Vietnam. He regrets it, which I think is quite a big, big moment. Yeah. It's interesting that Damon's decided to take Dr. Manhattan on this very human tour. You know, he's becoming very, you know, he's falling in love again and stuff like that. And Eventually. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> because he... You know, he does go off to create his masterpiece and then it's it's not enough. Mm. And so it's almost Damon created a situation where something wasn't enough and then you have the humanity of Dr. Manhattan kind of coming back to him slowly but surely. Yeah. It's quite, it's a weird twist on the character, yeah. especially someone who is just so not in that mindset, especially at the end of the comic books. You know, he's kind of... Vate's blown up three million people and he's basically like is what it is yeah <laughs> yeah it's, but it's crazy yeah yeah no it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mental spin that he's pulled off somehow the video of him on the news that we see in the very first episode yes great trickery <laughs> <laughs> very well done everyone is apparently a recording of him carrying out predetermined patterns I mean yeah J- just there to make us to throw us off the scent obviously yeah, but nice to get some context behind it. Yeah, and we also learn how he becomes Cal, uh, which is weeks after they meet in the bar, they go, I guess, body shopping. Yeah, body shopping, very good. Body shopping, which is fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> but really quite funny. She literally just went to a morgue and picked out Cal's body. Yeah, I like how she kind of knew <laughs> that she fancied dead Cal, and that <laughs> she wanted him to choose that one. Yeah. But she was like, I don't really want to be too upfront about it. <laughs> but he knew. <laughs> yeah, he knew. And then when he becomes Cal, I think Vague later on says, it's a bit weird, you know, if, uh, cultural appropriation, just becoming yeah. a black guy, which is like, you know, it's quite a funny line to throw in there. And I noticed that he said 2009, which I believe, is that the year the film came out? That is the year the film came out. Yeah, maybe that was thrown in there for that. He knows they'll be together for 10 years and it will end tragically, which, you know, foreshadowing <laughs> he tells one? us at the beginning of the episode what's going to happen at the end of the episode yeah and yet when the ep- end of the episode comes you're still like fucking hell i know but i was thinking it would end tragically in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> so when it ends tragically in this episode i'm thinking i'm actually still thinking was he referring to that moment or is he referring to something else interesting because he says you're there angela and she is there for this, but she could theoretically be there for something else that happens. And he says to her in this episode, when he's walking in the, on walking on the water, I need you to see this. It'll be important for later. So mm. he knows something else that's going to happen. So maybe it's going to end even more tragically. Yeah. 
because I think maybe we're meant to think. I'm trying to get on his wave of thinking here. <laughs> we're meant to think that was the tragic ending. That know? was the bluff. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. Well, you know, mate, I'm getting cleverer watching this show. <laughs> it's bringing me on intellectually. I love that Tunnel of Love becomes her favourite song because of him putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's that stuff that is just so... It could be... It could have just been done really badly. But the fact that they are creating... He's creating stuff that is then going to become their thing. It's just so weird. Yeah. But the whole time travel stuff is slightly mental. Like even the Will Reeves stuff later. And then here, you know, like the song, that's such a nice little thing to put in there. Like, this will be your favorite song. Yeah. I. But he's creating that and he's starting that. Like he, the way his mind works is just... I don't understand it because it is like... All this stuff's going to happen. But he's doing stuff to make it happen yeah. that way. So could he just not do it? But then he feels like he has to. But he always did it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so but that's crazy. It. Just don't do it. Just don't uh, do the it. Ultimate ball of flirter move. That, that <laughs> song thing. That is so, so smooth. <laughs> Imagine you should do that tomorrow. When we go out, just go, just put on a song and then go up to a girl and be like, this would be your favorite song 10 years time. <laughs> I don't even know this song. It, well, in 10 years' time, you will. you'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> so presumptuous. Yes. Uh, then we also learn later on through, I think maybe through Vate, actually. I could be wrong in that, but we'll get onto the Vate scenes in a bit. Well, how Angela survived White Knight, because she was going to get blown away by the 7K member in her house. And then we don't actually know how she got out of that. Next thing we see, she wakes up in the hospital, don't we? Yep. But here, we're led to believe that Cal, as Dr. Manhattan, saved her. And even though he couldn't remember he was Dr. Manhattan at the time, it's what Vate, I think it's Vate, calls a reflex in life-threatening situations. Yeah. So this actually ties in quite a lot, doesn't it? Because, mm -hmm. A, we were wondering for one why Regina, why Angela was left alive. So there was, I mean, I kind of, thought that maybe the person who was going to kill her was Judd and he left her alive for a reason. You actually said you imagined maybe Cal went in there and beat him up. <laughs> oh, my God. But you had no idea what, like how I that actually was. It was hench yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, we just yeah. kind of thought it was a joke. Yeah. But you have to ask yourself, how do the 7th Cavalry know Dr. Manhattan's there? This is how. Oh, wow. Isn't it? Well, wait, yeah, but if that guy died... But there might have been another one in the house or someone outside. That would explain it conveniently. I say conveniently in negative, but I don't mean it like that. That would explain it well. Yeah. 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 Because they, they, they've been two years in the making. They need to know where he is. They're all outside. This was the big question I was wondering was like, how well, how do they, do they know? know? Yeah. Yeah. But this explains it because I would say you mentioned the word convenient. <laughs> it was slightly convenient when Vate mentioned that like, oh, he does a reaction thing. And then we see the reaction thing. And I was like, mm, feels a bit weird to kind of do that in the same episode. Like maybe if they had <laughs> mentioned it in one episode and then done it an episode later or shown an episode later. I think that's fair. That felt a bit convenient, you could say. But mm. it may, it makes sense still. That whole Vate sequence was doing things of, oh, wait, oh, okay, now that's explained. Let's tick that off. Yeah. Uh, because should we go on to the Vate stuff quickly? Let's because, go on to the Vate stuff. Because it does tie in. There's no right order to do this. I know there was no, I mean, the the episode's kind of all over the place. So yeah, it is, there's no it? way this isn't going to be all over absolutely, the place. Absolutely, absolutely. 24 years after he last saw Vate, as Cal 
in Cal's body, he visits uh, Vate, Dr. Mahan does, and Vate is so casual about <laughs> <laughs> like seeing a, a, a naked uh, Dr. Manhattan in a completely different body is stood behind him. Just strolling in. Yeah. Yep. Should we should we have a should we have a quick side side comment about Yaya in in this situation? He's a he's a buff man. He is a buff, extremely well hung individual. Yeah, there was no blue dong, but there was dong. There was dong. <laughs> there was dong. Fair play, man. I think I I went into my girlfriend's room after, who's slowly catching up, and uh, she was like, "How was it?" I was like, "Really good." You're going to like this episode. Oh, I didn't say that. But I just said, there's a lot of dong in this episode. And she just went, Dr. Manhattan. I was like, you don't even know the half of it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff here. Um, there's lots of discussion about what, what he did, Vate did, um, and about their last kind of encounter with one another in the graphic novels. Yep. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Well, we, we kind of get introduced to Vate looking, watching TV, isn't he? He's watching. He's watching a small, small screen. Well, many. Well, he's watching many small screens, <laughs> isn't he? Which we see we in the comics. That's like a moment, isn't it? Where in his base, where he is, he's got just like loads of TV screens. Yeah, because he's super clever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you you see him watching them all, but he's he's depressed because they're thinking about going back to nuclear war. He's in mankind. Yes, and it turns out his plan didn't actually work. As in it's his plan from, from the comics. As in killing everyone. Yeah, and it, I mean, it never was going to work. This is, you kind of do have to think of it as the logical step from the comics, because I imagine some people might find issue with, well, that's not what Alan Moore intended. Fair. I think that'd be fair to say that. I think that is fair to say, but I also think it makes complete sense. Like, it doesn't feel like a leap for mankind to be scared again. No, it's true. And this whole, like you were saying this last week, the whole thing is based upon this idea that history will repeat itself yeah um and here we go again you know yeah so i i completely understand where that's going but then yeah so we have the conversation between vate and dogs manhattan and vate's completely chill he's just he's quite <laughs> bemused by the whole thing yeah which is quite good this is also a scene you know people have been waiting for f- for decades well you know? we see vate not in the place we've seen him for all this time. Um, I've got to say, this was actually my favourite performance, Jeremy Irons as Vate. I think, I mean, Jeremy Irons has been really good, but he is so good here. Yeah, really great. Yeah, really, really good as the slightly younger. I mean, he's 10 years younger than when we see him in the, in the post-credit scene. Oh, yeah. So we'll, talk about that, won't we'll we? get on to. I think we can leave that until probably after everything because that is such a. I mean, I didn't even know there was a post credit scene. Did you not see? I because I, I didn't watch the credits. <laughs> I did, and I always do just just to be like, whoa, what the hell, and see all the names in the credits. And at the end, when it came on, I was like, yes, this is so fun. What's happening? Yeah, losing my mind a bit. I think yeah. Hopefully, people, if you're if you're listening and you haven't watched post credit scene. <laughs> Quickly go into it. Just go to skip to the end of the credits because there is, it's like a five minute scene. It's it's a it's a chunky scene. Mm, go watch that now yes. and then come back. <laughs> but we'll get on to that. But yeah, you have the conflict between the two of them, which is so tasty to watch. Yeah, so good. And then we discover that they had a different plan for Doc's Manhattan. Yes, originally. Mm not have him work out the master plan in the end of the comics 
which I do. This is I actually have a slight issue with. Okay. Because it does make it seem weird that at the end of the comics, Bait says like, "Oh, here's my plan. It happened thirty minutes ago." You know, it's kind of that's his big thing, isn't it? Like, oh, because Animal was spoofing normal villains who tell the plan and then the good guys stop it. Yeah. But it was like, I tell the plan. Oh wait, it happened thirty minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Which makes this feel feel weird because it's like, oh, what he said then wasn't the A plan. That was the B plan. Yeah. Which seems really odd because it feels like that was that definitely wasn't the B. It wasn't plan. the B plan. It was the A plan. That's yeah. a weird. That's a weird thing to put in there and feels like. I think. It just feels slightly off with Vate's character mm. as well because he is so cocky and he has such bravado about him about that being what he planned, what he did. And so to suddenly retcon it, mm. and this is a retcon, this is <laughs> one of the one of the very few times that it feels like a not quite natural retcon. Fair like enough. Hooded Justice worked so well. Mm. This feels slightly odd, I would argue, which isn't to say it, it doesn't work. Mm. It it still does. And I I like the idea where it goes because it, the, his a his a plan it turns out was to wipe Doc's Manhattan's memory a for amnesia, so then he would never have even been able to even have a chance of stopping Vate mm. in the comics. I mean, he doesn't anyway, but mm. it kind of stops any idea of that. And now he finally gets to put it in to Doc's Manhattan's brain to stop that. And I like the idea of him not Doctor Manhattan not being able to ram stuff ten years. Mm-hmm. I like the little round thing. Mm. That's that's what we see Andrew pull out of his head at the end of last week's episode. Yeah, yeah that's cool. That really works. But that idea of that being the A and B plan, that felt a bit weird. Fair enough. I think Fair it enough. rang just a tiny bit hollow. So the the plan gets to be realised and he presents this amnesia ball, let's call it, yes. to Dr. Manhattan, who readily accepts. He has a bit of business to attend to before he puts it in, a la... Will Reeves. Yeah. Because he knows that in the future there's some big stuff that goes down in Tulsa, Oklahoma with Angela and her grandfather. So we'll get to that. But after that, Vate kind of expresses his sadness about how he wanted to realise a utopia and he, you know, <laughs> in the world that he lives in. And then and then Dr. Manhattan goes, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I know just a place for you. Yeah. And then we learn... A whole ton of information about the the place where we have been, where we've seen Vate this whole time. A lot of things clicking into place. A here. lot of things, um, and it all it all works. Yeah, it all works. So basically, we learn that John Osterman, who is Doctor Manhattan, as a child, he was it was in Germany, right? Yeah, he was taken by his watchmaker father to Stately Home, Stately House. It's like a religious. It's like a hold. Yeah. Where they can all help each other, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a, they have all the religious people in there who are trying to save them, aren't they? And in within this house, this manor, um, are a couple... Who are uber-religious. Who are uber-religious, and they are trying to conceive because they've lost a son. But John, as a child, kind of is in the room while they come in and they hear him, and they take a bit of a shining to him, don't they? After seeing him, seeing them having sex. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, they think he's nervous, though. And they're like, let's, you know. But he's a young boy as well. So it's almost like, it's almost like the, you know, just 
yeah, just like this young boy, they kind of visualize and they're like, oh, he's almost like the same age as our son, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we can imprint our wisdom on him. Well, I mean, they're also super embarrassed because the kids just watch them having sex. I mean, yeah. And they're going to, there's that as well. (laughs) Or if he goes to his dad and just goes, like, (laughs) mum and dad, I saw two people getting naked. They have to do the the birds and the bees chat right there and then, thinking they wouldn't have to do that again for a long time. That's true. And then suddenly it's thrust upon them. So they tell, they explain to him what they're trying to do and then they ask him a, a, a favor and they say in the future make something and make it your purpose or make it your purpose to create something yes and he, by jove does he do that he basically on the planet europa which is a moon on jupiter 390 million miles away from earth he creates uh he replicates this place and he creates two people in the image of this couple Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Now, lost bells are ringing here. <laughs> Season one, Locke, Jack, Kate and Charlie find a cave and there's two skeletons. Yeah. And Locke says, it's our very own Adam and Eve. You know, it's, it's all there. So, Adam... But they are, they are Crookshanks and Phillips. They are Crookshanks and Phillips. And, and the original, the OG Crookshanks, as Cambodia correctly predicted, is... The game warden. Campbell, uh, yeah, Campbell did say that the game warden was the original Phillips, and he is. The original Phillips, yeah. Completely. Which, which, I missed that. Yeah, I love it, though. I think that's so good. Yeah. I really, really like that. I think it's funny that even at such a young age, John was given a Bible mm. by the pair, but then... As we know, he's so like anti-religious where he gets to as Dr. Manhattan, even as Cal. Yeah. When he's talking to his kids and he's like, God doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing out there. Yeah. And then he, but he he was given that gift by two very Christian people. Yeah. But then he takes that upon himself to be God and create life on Europa. And it's good that they chose Europa because Europa, science tells us mm. or astronomers tell us is actually a place that could be considered as a second place for mankind Mm -hmm. because it has the right atmosphere and stuff so they've obviously chosen it on purpose as well fun fact fun fact it's a fun it's a good fact to just have rolled out there impressive (laughs) i um vape vape begs well he doesn't beg he says do you want to go there and he says yes i do and he goes there and i mean is vape sending him is is dr manhattan sending him there to be imprisoned do you think? That's a good question. I honestly think he's sitting there as like a, a, a backward punishment. Well, he knows what it's going to be like for him. Absolutely. And it's just such a casual way of like kind of like dangling this carrot that is actually shit. A very, 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 yeah, it's dipped in shit. Yeah. And it also makes sense going back to like the very first time we see Vate mm. riding along on his. Is it is it the horse the first time? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a horse. He's riding along on a horse. And I believe. he has the cake with the candles and stuff. And yeah. we now realise that that was his first day there of being master of everything yeah. and stuff like that, which is quite funny in itself. And it, I do want to know how the game warden kind of became that role and how he kind of morphed into that person. It's quite weird. Also, how Vate's... It's like your creation turning... Well, yeah, like Manhattan's creation turning against... He was obviously kind of... uh, uh, Manhattan implanted the original Phillips 
mm. with the MO to keep Vait there. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, Manhattan, because, well, the game warden remembers Manhattan as well. He was like, I remember the one at the beginning mm. and all this stuff. Is that in the post-credits stuff he says this? Yes, in the, in okay, the cell, we, yeah. We are touching on post-credits. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ain't watched it already, yes. go and watch it now. Because, it, yeah, he touches on all that, and it's quite interesting to think, like, the politics of how that planet's worked, mm. even with everyone obeying Vate as their master, but the OG one knows he's not the real master. Mm. He's not the one who created this haven, which they all seem to kind of think he is. Yeah. But it's weird that he, how does he know the mechanics of putting them in that tumble dryer thing to make more, you know, the babies in the lake and stuff? Very interesting. I mean, he's a wily man. He's very intelligent. Maybe he somehow worked it out. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get lots more on that in the finale. I don't know if we will. I don't know if it needs it, really. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, now you've mentioned that, I kind of want to know. Yeah. If I'm honest. But he is... Or maybe another Crookshanks and Phillips showed him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there was an instruction manual left by Manhattan. (laughs) We don't know. That would be convenient. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it happened. And I I think where where the show's gone with this has been really fun. Yeah. It's not been my favourite part of the show. But I've... No. But I like that it's now linked very, very heavily into... Doc's Manhattan and Angela even you know Vate is aware of Angela's existence now mm. Vate is aware that there's a woman out there that Doc's Manhattan is in love with that's not Laurie and they live in Tulsa Oklahoma I don't know it's just fun to know that Vate, Vate knows of Angela's existence it just ties it together very in a way that I didn't expect yeah it does make you want that camera that he was saying save me to yes who's on the other end of who's that who's watching that? that planet I still think that's something to do with true, but maybe not. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe because that planet is potentially livable. Maybe astrologers are just studying, trying that. to find it for yeah. whatever doomsday shit is going to go down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> She's still got that stuff to contend with. Maybe that would make sense. Maybe somehow True knows about that, mm. and she's choosing. It's going to be like Noah's Ark. She's going to choose you know, a couple of people to survive and go into this new world. Maybe. Because we know it's, it, we know it's, we've seen Vate on that world. Yeah. When he tele- goes through the dimension and he's, he's there, isn't he? And Manhattan sets Will Reeves on the course to do that. You know, mm. that's how tr- True, True knows he's alive. That confirms, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Last week we were wondering like, does she know, but she, I mean, she says, like, oh, he's walking among us, but we don't know who. Yeah. But she she does know who, because Will Reeves would have told her. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of always thought she knew. Yeah. I had the feeling that she knew. I. It's just weird that everyone fucking knows. Yeah. Apart from Laurie. Yeah. Oh, God. You know what? Laurie has been a real victim in this show. I know. You know, she was a, a victim in the comics, too, because she discovered all this stuff about the comedian... And her own mum and stuff like that. And here, she's finding out like crazy fucking shit again. For the detective, she's like last to know everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like at the beginning, she's so on it yeah. all the time. And then suddenly it's like, no, your world's being rocks like left, right and center. I just really need Angela to do Laurie a good one. Yeah. I think she's owed one, right? 
I think she will. Yeah, I think she will as well. I mean, let's not even start my boy looking glass. <laughs> oh, looking glass. <laughs> He's still. just still out there somewhere. <laughs> so there's a line, and I actually, forgive me for not remembering what the response is to, but where Vate says, a little elephant told me. <laughs> <laughs> now, that if that's not a connection to true, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is. Um, do you remember what was said? No, no idea. He goes, a little elephant told me. I'm like, oh, I think we've seen that little elephant. <laughs> <laughs> it's true's dad, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that is not true's dad. I, that is bonkers. I'm sorry, that is such a funny... At this stage, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I just don't know if that elephant's going to be explained. But saying Oh, that... it will be. It will be. <laughs> Absolutely will be. Just like the squid incursions were explained in this episode. Yeah. That's Vate operated. So those little, um, you know, in the first episode, dear listener, where the carpool's over and the squid showers happen, um, Vate is fabricating those. Well, we we kind of knew that. We knew. We anyway, knew. because he told Redford that he was going to be doing that. Yeah. In the video. Part. So we see him in action. Yeah. And it's like weird portal where he's just dropping... Yeah, it, it. I wonder who does he mention how that's still going. No, he doesn't. Someone must be keeping that going. Hmm. Do you reckon it's true? True. I feel like all roads, all roads lead to true. Lead to true. <laughs> <laughs> Do we see the entire conversation between Will Reeves and Doctor Manhattan? Yeah. Um. I feel like there's there's not like a scene where they're just like we disappear. And then they're having a, a bit more of a chinwag to explain a bit more off screen, is there? No, I think actually it cuts to Angela when she says, did I start all this? Mm. So it's after he goes, she wants to know how you knew the KKK outfit was in Judd Crawford's closet. And he says, who the hell is Judd Crawford? Yeah. I don't think we go back to Will and, and, and Dr. Manhattan at that point. Because I, there's... And he's living, we should say, Will is living in um, Captain Metropolis's house, isn't he? Yeah. He's like shunned his family. He's living in his 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 lover's house after his death, presumably. Yeah. Doesn't know about his granddaughter. Only knows about his granddaughter at this moment because of Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. It's it's funny that no one has clocked on that Will Reeves is heard of justice because you know that affair they had was so publicly known. Yeah. You know, it was even spoofed in American Hero Story, which yeah. we haven't seen for a long time We haven't now. seen. I want to see the next episode of that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who they tackle next. Yeah. But we haven't, you know, how no one caught on to that. Oh, Captain Metropolis, who everyone knows, has left his stuff to this random guy. So, yeah, yeah. Who's this random guy? Yeah, oh, good wait, point. Maybe that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Everyone's dumb. Well, th- I think they do say something about it being kind of like maybe his caretaker or something like that. Right. Or maybe not. Right. Maybe I'm just imagining that. That would make more sense. That would make sense. I think we should assume that's what they've done. <laughs> we'll do that for you, Damon. I mean, you've, you've, you've done enough. <laughs> there is missing history there because we still don't know how Will Reeves and Lady True get together. I'm thinking this will be in the next episode. So you think that's what where we're going to kind we'll of start? we a lot of Will Reeves blanks. Yeah. And true coming into it. We're missing their side of this journey mm-hmm. because I feel like most of the Cyclops stuff just makes sense and is very explainable. It's just like a bunch of white racists who yeah. wanna who are scared of modern America. So 
you know, they're led by Keane, who wants to be more than just president. He wants to be the next Dr. Manhattan. God. And now they know Dr. Manhattan and they found out probably through the White Knight, which mm-hmm. completely makes sense. Well, I'm assuming Dr. Manhattan must have told Will all of this and Will told True in the scene that we've not seen. Yeah. In the, the, the unfinished business before he puts the amnesia um, ball in his head. I am hoping we see how they got together because True won't be an easy lady to find. No, that's true. <laughs> you know, for a random guy, what? That's true, I said. Yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> Very good. Um, I didn't mean it. But, it's funny. you know, that's, <laughs> she, w- she wouldn't be. She's, it's like getting, you know, you compared her to Willy Wonka. Yeah, I did. A long time ago. Yeah. You know, Willy Wonka's an elusive character who no one ever sees. You can't just walk into his chocolate factory and you, go see him. You can't. You can't just walk into True Enterprises and go see her. Especially if you're a bloke. Especially if you're a bloke. You're really hanging on to that. Well, no, that's a real big moment. You're a no, no boys allowed kind of moment, you know. But Will's allowed. I thought it was more just a Petey stay the fuck away from him. Oh, really? <laughs> and while we're on the case of Petey... Will we see him as Lube Man in the finale? Lube Man, such a mystery. <laughs> Lube Man is the biggest mystery of all. Damon has been Instagramming <laughs> about Lube Man, so of course it's going to be fucking answered. Lube Man was <laughs> such a good moment. So good. Damon's also been um, Instagramming about Baby Yoda quite a lot recently. <laughs> Baby Yoda. I love Damon. Yeah, I love his Instagram. I wish Damon, he was back on Twitter funny. as well. It'd be I, good would, time on I would at him so much. Yeah, that's probably why he's not on it. Yeah. <laughs> the the scenes where we catch up with Angela just after she's killed in, in quotation marks, Cal, um, and taken the ball out of his head. Yes, and then he's Doctor Manhattan's back, and there's this whole moment of you've got to be careful, the kids, the kids, the kids, and then Doctor Manhattan is all confused, discombobulated, and he's bloody teleporting about the place <laughs> up to the kids walking on water. You know, the kids find out very soon that their dad is Dr. Manhattan. And not <laughs> yeah. only that, he whisks them away and puts them, takes them to the dream, the Dreamland Theatre, which is the theatre we first ever see Will Reeves in, in Tulsa, uh, before the race riots. It, we are led to believe that the children are now under Will's care in that very building. So it seems yeah. to be a big circle, just going to end where it began, you know? Yeah. But obviously, Anne just... <laughs> freaking out and every time he teleport, teleports she just goes motherfucker <laughs> because you would be annoyed wouldn't you yeah and then you walk in and he's like making waffles yeah bit it's... of a final meal for him well she she's she's had 10 years with him as just like normal and she's just like I was so done with this 10 years ago and now <laughs> I, and now I've got this back and yeah. it's like fucking hell yeah it's what so funny bully. it's like if you like if you're apart from your girlfriend or boyfriend for, you know, like a long period of time and then you can't wait to see him, you can't wait, can't wait to see him. And after an hour, it's just like, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> back to those same old trappings. It's like you've never been apart. Yeah. That's what this was, but to a big, big scale. I felt dread for the first time. And I'm talking dread how I feel Lindelof made me feel in Lost. This kind of helpless... Inevitability. Inevitability, um, which... Many, many more episodes to go where you are and lost. <laughs> yeah, that, that that kicks in. But here, that moment of, no, it's going to happen. And she's like, I'm going to sort save you. And God, she puts a good stint in and she thinks she has. But she hasn't. It's heartbreaking. It's a great scene when she goes out and does her, you know, basically 
she's like someone in a video game. Kind she of going is, out yeah. And taking out. It's like Call of Duty. Yeah, taking out the Rorschachs and stuff. Yeah. And then she's about to lose and he comes out and just blows their brains out. And it's just like nuts. Mm. And then you're like, oh, they've done it. This is all going to be different. And I think that's what's so clever about it is it gives you that moment of hope. Yeah. It makes you forget that he said that it'll end in tragedy. Mm. And you're like, oh, it's not going to be bad. And oh no, it's it's awful. Yeah. And we just see him get disintegrated right there. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, it, it, it's like a heartbreak because you know how hard she's just fought for him. Mm-hmm. And he's just said that line about, this is the moment I fall in love with you. When she's readying up and he's like, this is the moment. And, you know, that kind of 10 year weird time thing mm. where he's been in love with her the whole time. But this is the actual moment where he fell in love with her. And it's like, oh, God. It's just Damon just pulls at those heartstrings. It's such a good line. It is a really good line. That was. <laughs> and she's like, what, you don't love me this whole time? <laughs> yeah. Asshole. So good. She knows exactly what he means, though. Yeah. And she's just, that's just Angela. Oh, Regina King is so good in this episode. She's such a good character. Yeah. She's become better and better and better as the show's gone on as well. The more layers you kind of find her and stuff. Mm. And the more you see that everything she's done has been quite clever. Mm. It's really well written. Mm. And it's played, obviously, to perfection, perfection by Regina. Love a little Emmy no- nomination. Um, Yeah. Do you think you know it would what? be for a limited series? Good question. I would say no. I think they're billing this as a as a TV show, not a limited series. It depends. There's lots of rules that it has to f- abide by. Yeah. To fall into that category. Interesting point. Limited series more likely to get a nomination. That's the annoying thing. Yeah, but it won't be as you know, Chernobyl won a load of limited series yeah, things, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of like... Uh, <laughs> it really depends what HBO have pl- planned to do with it next. Very intrigued. I have every expectation that when this ends, they might make an announcement about something in some small way, and it's all been this whole, will he, won't he, throughout, but he's known what he's going to do. I don't think they'll make another one. I... It feels too much like... like what. what... What could it do? Yeah, there's yeah. they can't bring back someone like Vate again after no. all this unless he something mad happens now. Yeah. Somehow. I what, don't know. So so the Vate stuff, let's talk about that post credit scene at length. He's in the cell and then the, the games the games warden. Yes. The first Phillips brings him the cake. The cake that, <laughs> that the Crookshanks Crookshanks and other Phillips have made. <laughs> They're just like, please give it to him. And they have a discussion, like we mentioned, about Dr. Manhattan. And then he breaks the cake and he finds that horseshoe, that bloody horseshoe. Yeah. Which links to the first se- scene we see him in. Yep. When they hand it to him and he's like, not now. Or, or uh, yeah, he says, no, I need a fork. Yeah. And he's got the horseshoe and he's like, he's like, yes. And he starts chipping away at the ground with it. So this is like his escape plan. Yeah. But what's he planning on doing? Doing. I've no idea. Because I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> this is lower down the list of ideas you've had. <laughs> yeah. I know his options are limited, but... He's just going frantic. He's going to do a um, like Shawshank Redemption yeah. out there, isn't he? Yeah. Cover it up with his bed every so often. It's just interesting. I mean, why is this going to go in the last episode? I just don't know how he's going to get back. Yeah. I've n- he genuinely could be, no idea. He could be... 
he could be. Imagine if he saves a day. I wouldn't put past him. I think it's it is really tragic how he's kind of got good intentions in some way. <laughs> it's such backwards intentions. It, it is, but I mean, this was always the 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 complexity of the character in the comics as well, wasn't it? Where it is, he does want to be a good person and mm. save the world. He wants to save the world. He wants in his own. He small even says way. why he doesn't want to be in paradise is because no one needs him. No one needs his help. And you are That's just, a good point. You know, I did. Yeah, I did think at that moment. My heart was kind of warming towards him. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also a testament to Jeremy Irons' performance that you are like you know the horrible things he's done, and you're still like. You know, he he's been murdering Phillips and Crookshanks all over the place. <laughs> and then you're suddenly like, ah, oh, you know, I kind of rooting for this guy to save the day or do something good. Mm. His true redemption. True redemption, yeah. It happened. Oh, true red I don't mean to keep doing the true puns. <laughs> I really don't. But they will they will they've got a link somehow, you know. They do. I I think I am most excited in the next episode to see how true relates to it all. Yeah. There's, yeah, because she was, she felt like such a major presence when she came in mm. episode four. And then she's kind of been peppered throughout. Mm. And obviously then she had the big episode seven. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's only been in two proper episodes. Yeah. But that's what I mean. She's, yeah. She had a major presence in both, but kind of sidelined a bit, mm. especially for Will Reeves, which makes complete sense because he is the bigger character. Mm. But you still, she's a wild card. She's. She could do anything. Oh, I hope it's two hours long. I hope so too. So <laughs> we should we should tell our listeners two things. Go on. I think first on the agenda is to say that the next episode will probably be a bit later because H- HBO have decided that the episode of the finale is so big that no one can watch it before it goes out. It's definitely not going out. I, yeah. So that's actually making me more excited, even <laughs> though we're going to have to just release our episode later and um, i'm sure it'll be enough to talk about yeah um, for people to want to come back if you've listened to and read other stuff about it the second thing is we might have an interview with a cast member next week oh which which one jacob tell us enlighten us yaya abdul mateen the second dr manhattan himself dr manhattan himself i will not ask him about the obvious <laughs> <laughs> but i will ask him about just, I mean, last week when the episode went out, Yaya tweeted a video of himself in the back of a car, cackling with glee. And Regina just tweeted, just retweeted and went, this guy has been so excited for this episode. Yeah, no way. <laughs> no shit. Um, so I'm, I'm, I can't wait to, if it happens to talk to him just to hear how excited he is about the whole thing. Well, fingers crossed it happens because he is having... An incredible year, as we've spoken yeah. about multiple times. He really is. You know, this is his breakout, and he is going to do huge things mm. after this. You know, I think when people look back and they go, why have they cast Yaya Abdul-Mateen 2 in such a small role yeah. in the first few episodes in what's essentially a boyfriend oh, role? Right, yeah. People are going to look back and go, like, that was never going to be a boyfriend role. Mm. What were people thinking at the time? At one point, I was like, I don't think he's even left the house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know he has. He was bringing out the bins at the beginning, <laughs> remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan bringing out bins. Mental. Yeah. So have you got any final thoughts on the episode? Oh, God. Oh, on this episode, 
Uh, so I felt vindicated with the time and wimey stuff. Good. That was really good. But not only that, I know you felt vindicated. I felt just so pleased that that cropped up because I kind of love, I just love that in storytelling when it works organically. Because, you know, Lost also has elements of this. I'm not going to go into specifics, but does it really well. I think no one does does all that stuff better than the Damon. And it could have felt quite cheap doing time stuff. Yeah. Especially to explain things. And it can almost be a short, cut sometimes for the writers but absolutely here it does feel and it was only well done it was only brief it's only a little thing it was only like one kind of moment where she said you know it wasn't like it, it's peppered in throughout but it was only explicitly mentioned once yeah which I like so it doesn't kind of i guess deter more casual viewers even though at this stage i can't imagine you'd be casual yeah i like how it also ties into the inevitability of things repeating themselves as well, which I know we've touched on multiple times. The we've repeated that, haven't we? <laughs> but it is like, it, it just hammers home that point of you're never going to be able to stop what's coming. Mm. And that's what this show is kind of all about. You know, it's the legacy of it. So in that, with that in mind, Jack, yes. I would say next week's episode will end with a massacre in Tulsa. Mm. Yeah, that's a... Playing pieces are in, you know, in place. Dreamland Theatre, we see torn down in holograms in that, um, you know, the, the DNA centre Angela goes to. The Dreamland Theatre has been kind of thrown at us, that image, and we now know Will is back where he first was when we first met him. Yeah. So there's going to be a massacre. And we know the plan's questionable that True has. Mm. You're right, something bad's going to happen. Maybe they're going to turn the Cyclops technology against everyone else. Oh, God. We should also... Someone mentioned to us on our Twitter, and they were completely right, a guy called Joe, that we didn't talk about the, the imagery between the Cyclops symbol they do on their head and Dr. Manhattan's. The hydrogen symbol. The hydrogen Dr. symbol. The, 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 yeah, um, there's a link between that, obviously. And I guess in many ways, it's because they've... they've um, well, I guess... I don't know what they have, but what they have done, because I was going to say they've reappropriated it, like 7K reappropriated... Rorschach's mask, but they would have predated Dr. Manhattan, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have. Interesting. So there is a there is a in, intriguing symbolism overlap there. I mean, Dr. Manhattan, as was kind of explicitly made clear last episode, hasn't been all good himself and has been playing that American justice card of kind of like white saviour in Vietnam. Mm. You know, he was that person. Absolutely. He was kind Blue of... Blue saviour. Blue Savior, yeah, exactly. He was that person over there. And so what's perhaps more surprising is that the seventh K are wearing the Rorschach masks rather than Dr. Manhattan masks. Yeah. Yeah. Because Rorschach They look scarier. <laughs> in a weird way, Rorschach is it was made into what felt like it was gonna be a really big deal, but his character has had perhaps other than Night Owl, mm. one of the least really big effects on the show yes in a in a surprising way for a show that has people wearing Rorschach masks yeah for him to be mentioned so little and for his I know his kind of philosophies are in there like he was a bad person he was a bit racist he was all these like terrible things mm. but it's not like explicitly ever made it's kind of like for such a major character in the comics to kind I mean, of been put to the side yeah I, I would say he's he's like for me I would call him the main character of the comics, like because he's the yeah, first one yeah. you see, and he's like running through, running throughout 
And the last thing we see is Rorschach's journal. Being... And the last thing is his journal. Yeah. So when this trailer came out and you see all the Rorschach masks, I think everyone was going to just assume that Rorschach was going to factor heavily or, or the, the, the legacy of Rorschach was going to factor heavily into the show. And like, incorrect. Yeah, like even the journal, it's like, is it, it's kind of published, but it's like an underground thing. It's like disregarded almost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. <laughs> it's just, God, we, we knew so little. Yeah. Can't get <laughs> yeah. over it. I think it's an interesting decision on Damon's half. And if maybe if there was a sequel, mm. that would be the stuff to play in. Would be the Rorschach and the Night Owl and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Play into that side of things rather than... I think, obviously, the Doc's Manhattan stuff and the Hooded Justice stuff is just the stuff that fascinated Damon. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, even in the interview he had with me when he was talking about Hooded Justice and, and him and his dad thinking he killed the comedian and stuff. I mean, the comedian also little impact on this show, oh, really. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, through And Laurie, he's the first person you see in the film, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, through Laurie, obviously, there's the the the, um, the echo of him through that. But really, there's not very much. It has been the Dr. Manhattan, Aussie, Hooded Justice, those kind of like weird um, characters who I guess could have had this kind of the effect Damon wants to do it with the yeah. time stuff and the weirder elements because he loves playing with. Well, that. that's what I mean. Like if 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 you, those are the characters and the stories within that comic that that inspired him to go on to write his own genius TV shows. Mm. It makes sense that he could use those tools to make yet another one. Well, I mean, what he's done kind of is create his own versions of those characters anyway, because. Mm. Cambodia correctly pointed out how much Looking Glass and Rorschach have in common. You know, even the eating of beans and stuff like that. He's kind of created, he's just created a new Rorschach instead. Angela as well, he's kind of put the detective in there and he's made more, he's made the more grounded characters. Because I guess he couldn't really bring in like an over the top character. Yeah, Apart from maybe Lady True. Yeah, who is, oh, she is great. So maybe that would maybe that would be if a sequel came because we don't know what's going we don't know what's going to happen but maybe Lady True would be key to that maybe he would then play on the mythology of his show in a weird way yeah that would be fun that would be fun sorry it, go completely we go tangent. tangents but what I love what it what it means you know I can't see this running longer than two seasons let's say is that Damon is is since lost is now pursuing the TV shows that you know are on for less time but are higher on the quality mm. he's really creating a, a a body of work here. It's a it's it's, it's a weird one as well because he is using similar ideas that are very sci-fi, mm. but also very grounded in reality, like the Tulsa massacres, yeah, and things like that. That kind of, you know, he was talking about how that period in American history is so underexplored on TV and film, especially. Mm. Uh, race relations and things like that which have been so bad for so long and it's been underserved uh, but he's done it in a show that is about a blue god yeah and yeah. he's used the blue skin of that god to make a political statement about yeah. modern america mm. bonkers this is this genius oh you're just in awe i am in awe i mean that was the, the title of last week's episode mate yeah, that was me. That was me. Enormous religious awe. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. No, almost about it. Well, Jack, has been very in- in- enjoyable talking about this episode. I think I love it even more now. <laughs> so what do you think? What's your big prediction for next week? Massacre. Massacre's the big one. 
which I only kind of thought about after you were talking about the, the which you've been saying for weeks now, but I think if 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 that's to be believed, I think we're gonna end where we began. I think the key to the next episode will be the first episode of the season. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. I think what we saw then will play back into this and I think it you only have to look at what Will Reeves did with the weird Cyclops technology to Judd. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big, big part of this. And I think you're right in that cinema is going to play a big part. I, if that Absolutely. doesn't happen, I will be surprised. Yeah. I think, I don't know how Angela's going to feed into that, but I think she she's going to do something that will affect it all. I mean, she's the key. She is the key. She is the key. And Adrian Vite. Fucking hell. Yeah. And Looking Glass is out there. And Looking... And then... Okay, big prediction. Looking Glass is going to f- save some lorry. I mean, I said that last 100% week, but... 100% lorry. <laughs> but I just don't want anyone to die, apart from all the racists. If you, Okay, if you had to choose someone who's definitely going to die... I mean, Dr. Manhattan, yeah. I think, is kind of a given. Well, yeah. I don't think the tragedy he was referring to is what we saw, though. I think that's something else that's happening. I think Looking Glass will probably die. You think? I don't think that'll be enough of a tragedy. Oh, it would be for me. It would be a big one for me. I think Will Reeves. Is that wouldn't be the tragedy he's talking about, by the way. No. I think the tragedy he talks about is going to involve Andrew and Will for sure. Hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. There's no way it can't involve. Well, at least her, but it will somehow bring him in. I hope we see Will suited up as Hooded Justice. I think without the makeup. I think something will happen, like she'll see, you know, the family she's always wanted with granddad there and stuff. And then it's, it's like going to be such a flicker of a moment that like something nice will happen Mm. and then boom, it will be taken away. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds like Lindelof. I don't know how it can end. Nor do I. In like a way that is organic to the comics as well. Because it will be bad. But I don't want it to be bad. It won't be bad. Damon, uh, Damon doesn't end things in a bad way, Jack. No, no, not in bad in oh, that right. way. But, you know, in like I a... Guess, yeah. in a because I just want to throw it out there that Lost ended perfectly as did the leftovers. So I'm sure Watchmen will too. Well, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. Where can people find you? People can find me at Jack J. Shepherd. Where can they find you? I'm on Jacob underscore Stoll, and I said we were going to do this before ages ago, uh, before we started, uh, but we didn't. I just want to say hello to my mum, April. Thanks for listening along, April. Because April is an absolute trooper. She never read Watchmen. She didn't really know what it was. She watched it because she loved Leftovers, and is I'm going to say it. She's a fan of Damon Lindelof now, and she's loving the show. And she's your mum. And she's my mum, and she listens to this podcast. So thank you, mum. We both love you, and. Uh, Hopefully see you at an 80s night again. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I heard Damon's a good dancer. I'm sure he'd come along with get, us. Get us all together. Good old DL. <laughs> uh, you can find us on uh, what, what, what's our, t- uh, our Twitter? Yeah. Our... At Watchmen Boys for this or and... at Lost Boys Pod. Yes. Or at Lost Boys Pod. Probably, probably more there because I imagine our Watchmen Boys <laughs> handle's not going to last a lot longer. Probably not oh, a week <laughs> to be precise. Um, and hopefully we'll have that interview with Yaya for you. But until then. Fingers crossed. Yeah, until then. This has been Watching Watchmen. A Lost Boys podcast. With Jack and Jacob. <laughs>